Hi there, gang, and welcome to episode 13 of the SDR Disco Call podcast. I'm your host, Neil Buyem. Today's guest is Azana Hadis, an SDR from Mentago, originally from Dubai, went to Edinburgh Uni to become a brand ambassador for Tinder and Bacardi, tips and tricks for networking and introducing yourself to new people, the life of an intern and learning the point of processes, but also how he keeps up to date through social selling and tips and tricks for cadences. So how does the SDR Disco Call podcast work? Well, it's actually a decision discovery call, hence the name, and every Tuesday at 8am we're going to have a brand new SDR for 30 minutes and an agenda of introductions, their SDR story, and three key takeaways that they've learned to share with other SDRs. So with that in mind, let's begin. So guys, I want to introduce a really bubbly, uh, extroverted character that I had the pleasure of meeting in the last few weeks. Today's guest is Azana Hadis, who is an uh, SDR from Mintago, or Mintago, depending on how you want to say it. Uh, and we connected on LinkedIn. Um, I was introduced him by a really good friend, Will Koning. So Will, if you're listening to this, thank you so much for the introduction. Um, Azana, how are you doing today, sir? Yeah, I'm doing great, Neil. Uh, happy to be here and uh, definitely excited to, uh, to have some chats. Perfect. Thank you so much for being a guest on the SDR Disco Call podcast. So Azana, I was checking out your LinkedIn before we connected. I saw that you had some experience working with Tinder. You traveled the world and worked out in Dubai as an intern. You were head of sales at an agency and then you came to Mintago or Mintago, however you want to say it. Um, kind of tell us your story. What were, what were you, who are you and currently what are you doing? And tell us a little bit about yourself, Azana. Sure. Um, yeah, great. Uh, so uh, I am currently working at uh, Mintico uh, or Mintago, however you want to say it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm working at Mintico right now. Um, uh, I help employers, uh, you know, create a financially healthier, happier workforce. Um, and it's something that I kind of just fell into. Um, you mentioned uh, some of the, my previous sort of work experience and roles. Um and it, it, almost all of them were a product of just who I am, I'd say, um, mainly because when I was in uni and I was a campus ambassador for Tinder, um, I saw that job posting and I was like, this is, this is hilarious, right? <laughs> I mean, who, who, who doesn't want to say that they worked for Tinder at some point? Yeah. Um, uh, so I did it and it was, it was quite, um, ambassador roles are quite networky, right? They're, it's all about making connections, promoting the brand on campus, kind of helping build that brand awareness. Uh, not that Tinder really needed that, but they just kind of wanted to create <laughs> some more hype, right? Uh, and that's literally what we do. We'd um, give out merch, host events, kind of just get people together. So it was mm. very, you know, I've always sort of been that kind of person that likes to, you know, throw events and and, and kind of network and, and meet different people just because I like meeting different people, right? Uh, everyone has a story. I grew up in Dubai and uh, Dubai is a melting pot of cultures. So I always had, I always had a lot of friends from different places and I always wanted to know, you know, how they got to where they were and kind of why they were, where they were at, you know, and, and that naturally leads itself to being kind of like a people person, right? Because now mm. when I go to uni, all of a sudden there's a lot of different people. It's very international. I went to Edinburgh. And then all of a sudden, the same thing happens again. And you're just kind of meeting people all the time. Like, oh, wow, that last name, I don't recognize it. Where are you from? You know, what do you mm. do? Um, you know, what do you like to do? Um, do you want to come to this Tinder event? <laughs> 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 um, so, yeah, I, I, I would say, um, 
yeah, I'd, I'd say that if we're talking about my story, um, you know, I did grow up in Dubai and I think that molded me as a person a lot in terms of its internationalness and, and sort of everything. No one can ever place my accent. <laughs> People are always like, where are you, where are you from? Uh, I'll, I'll be honest, like when we yeah. first connected, I heard certain twangs and um, I was thinking to myself, where is this guy from? And I didn't have the courage to kind of ask it out, but <laughs> yeah. to hear that story of Dubai that and I can get, it. I've got a few friends that have come from Dubai and like work out in Dubai as well. Yeah. Um, but no, that's cool. So, so you've come from Dubai, you went out yeah. to Edinburgh Uni to study and you came across Tinder and it's with its networking. Yeah. Like what were your friends saying when you yeah. said, like when you said, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a brand ambassador for Tinder. How, how did they take that? Uh, they, they found it hilarious. I think, I mean, they, they did find it hilarious. The thing is I had, a, I already had um, done a few previous ambassador roles before Tinder, right? So I'd, okay. I'd done Bacardi and I mean, as a second year student, um, you know, being a brand ambassador for Bacardi is just, it's just a great, uh, you know, it's a great in with everything, right? Because I get to know all of the sort of like club owners through the events that we host. Um, you know, you, you get a limitless amount of rum. <laughs> uh, so, it, it, you know, it was a very ideal job and it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, and then uh, after that, I just thought, you know, why don't I keep doing this? Because this is, this is fun. Um, it's a job that I can have that's not too taxing, um, that's kind of, you know, uh, brings in a bit of money, but at the same time is is a lot of fun and introduces me to a lot of really cool people. So why not do it? And I, I, I looked for other roles that were similar. Um, the company that I'd worked with uh, for Bacardi was through uh, this sort of youth marketing agency. Um, they mm-hmm. put me up for, for the Tinder role as well. Um, and uh, yeah, and, and it was it was... It was great. I mean, uh, it got to the point where actually I'd been an ambas- I'd been requested to be an ambassador for uh, for Echo Falls as well, um, and 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 that was hilarious um, because it, it, we they basically just seen all of the the kind of Echo Falls groups that we created on in Edinburgh, and they'd been like, "Oh wow, you guys are doing this this great marketing stuff for us, basically for free." So why don't you come get paid for it? Nice. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, nice. sure. Like, I'm I'm a hundred percent down. Let's do it." <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine. So, like, you're you're like you say, you're in Edinburgh Uni. You are the the party man because. Well, on one side of it, if you want to know about clubs and places to go and you want a, a decent drink, then obviously you can go towards that brand and be yeah. hooked up. And yeah, if you're looking to date or meet new people, then there's this great <laughs> platform to like introduce. You are like the guy to go meet at you. That is amazing. So yeah. like with and what what when you were like networking and learning to connect with people, what are the things like that stood out to you? Like that, you know, like you said to me. In our uh, original discussion, you're somebody who's outgoing, you're extroverted, you like networking. What is it about networking that excites you, Azana? Um, I honestly think it's it's more to do with, I just like meeting great people, right? And it's it's always, um, I mean, it's always it's always nice to meet new people, right? And in terms of, um, in terms of like the way I grew up and kind of like the, the, the whole multicultural stuff, it's always great to meet people from different walks of life and just kind of understand their story and, and have a chat and even trade stories really. Um, I find that energizing to myself. Um, you know, it's something that, that, that brings me joy and also like keeps me kind of, uh, you know, and ask any of my friends and that's probably what they'll tell you. They'll be like, oh, it's on and, you know, just talk to, talk to a tree. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, 
but but yeah, um, I think that it's it's just nice to sort of keep in contact with people, especially now with the whole kind of social distancing distancing thing and all the online events and and stuff that's been happening. It's just nice to meet new people outside of you know your flatmates. <laughs> <laughs> And I think that that's a really good key bit. So you obviously get your energy from people, talking to people, meeting with people, and especially in the kind of the situation that we're in, it's really good to connect with people. And I know with a lot of SDRs that I do speak to, it's that making that initial breaking the ice, having the conversation with somebody, the amount of fears that yeah. are in the pit of their stomach to have a conversation with somebody. What kind of tips would you give them to kind of like break that nervousness? Um, I would say, honestly... Just go for it, right? Like most people are nice and they're not going to, you know, sort of shut you down for no good reason, right? Uh, if you're going in there with, um, you know, with with just like the intention to kind of say hello, um, no one's going to say like, oh, I don't want to speak to you, right? Most of the time people just be like, oh, hi. Yeah, my name is Neil. <laughs> nice to meet you. Yeah. You know, how are you yeah. doing today? Yeah, it's great. And then you just have a little chat. And, and, and that's it. Um, I would say, for especially at events and stuff like that, you know, obviously now they're online, so the, the format is different, right? You have like breakout rooms and all these these sort of things. But, you know, previously you could you could just, you know, some people feel kind of shy about walking into groups. But I'd just say, you know, just just go for it. Just go for it and say, hey, what's up? My name is Izana and uh, what are you guys talking about? You know, I'd like to join this conversation. Uh, how are you doing? I'm from Dubai. Yeah, what's up? How about you? Where are you from? great. Oh, wow. You know, I actually have a friend from there. <laughs> and then, yeah. you know, the conversation just flows naturally once it started. Um, I would say just don't, don't think about it too much. Don't get in your head. You know, at the end of the day, people are, are just people. No one's, you know, out here trying to be, uh, you know, a terrible person for, for no reason. No one's going to chew yeah. you up for saying hi. Um, you know, people are decent human beings. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I think you're right. Like, just put yourself out there. Um, and I think the more you just keep doing that, the more it will become natural and the more you'll become comfortable with it. Yeah. And I always say to, like, students, like, what's the worst that can happen? They go, like, all right, thanks, not interested, or, yeah, hi, see you later. That's <laughs> the worst, or an awkward silence of okay, I'm going to kind of walk away from this conversation. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's yeah. the worst thing that can happen to you, right? Um, but kind of coming back to you, like, um, I remember when we were speaking um, in our uh, meeting a few weeks back, you said, so you're creating like a brand on campus um, and you, you want a type of role which is dynamic and fast-paced and you like things which are targeted. Kind of what happened after university and like when you was going into like uh, work and paid work, et cetera? Yeah, so I, I, yeah, I've always looked for roles that allow me a certain degree of flexibility. Um, I do like, um, you know, I do like sort of working uh, on my own, um, but I do also like collaborating, right? But a lot of, um, a lot of sales is quite individual in a similar way to how, um, you know, the brand ambassador roles were. Yeah, I would have a partner or whatever, but at the end of the day, we came up with our own strategies. We collaborated a little bit on them, um, and then we tried to like deploy the events together. And I'd say in a lot of roles, it's 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 quite similar when in relation to sales, right? Because at the end of the day, you're creating your own sort of uh, templates, your emails, uh, your scripts, uh, your videos, your approach, right? You craft the whole thing yourself. But at the same time, you collaborate with your team, with your group, with marketing, etc to try and, you know, position the company in the best way possible. So I guess for me, um, 
I've always kind of been drawn to to those sort of roles, which is why I enjoyed being a brown ambassador. And then when I I did ops in Dubai for a while, right, um, that was an interesting role um, because basically I the, the head of service at the time had just come in; he was new, and he'd gotten these interns on board to sort of sort a few things out. Um, so I come on board and I'm sat in a room with the head of uh, service and operations, his like top manager, and then the head of project management, right? So it's like a boiler room. I've got all these, all, <laughs> I've got all of, all of the top, top guys. Like that, the, there's like the bullpens. I'm not in the bullpens, I'm in the offices, right? So I, yeah. I would have been safer probably in the bullpens as an intern, uh, you know, kind <laughs> of like uh, dragging my feet or whatever. But uh, I was right in the heart of it. So uh, that just motivated me even more. Um, and I ended up doing uh, a lot more tasks than I was actually assigned because I was just eating through work, right? Because it was kind of individual mm. work. So I was just kind of getting through it real quick. Head of uh, service would be away for a couple of weeks, come back and I'd be like, oh, I finished everything you gave me plus like this and this and this because I thought it might be helpful. And you'd be like, well, mm. okay, great. Um, you know, and let's, let's move forward from that. Um, but it, while it was a, a really great job, uh, and it was really interesting to kind of be in that kind of service ops role and and kind of helping with the the logist like the background kind of uh, logistics of the company, making sure the contracts were right, you know, talking to sales and legal to make sure everything was sort of in order. Um, even though that was really cool, helping with the process, and it, and that's what he was all about. He was about process, process, make sure the process is right, right. And I think that learning of of process really transferred very well to when I went into sales for the first time, right? Because, you know, operations is inherently not people facing, right? It's, mm. it's all about the business. It's all about how can we be as efficient as possible? Are the contracts that we have as efficient as possible? You know, how many spare parts are selling, et cetera, et cetera. I knew that, you know, I'd, I'd like to do a similar thing in how I work, but I want it to be client facing, you know, people do mm. energize me. I want to be, you know, on the front lines, um, not sort of in the in the in the back seat, um, yeah. as it were. So I, um, um, so when I was actually when I was still in my and during my masters. So this is even pre uh, uh, sort of work when I was in my masters. A friend of mine set up uh, a marketing startup, and and that's where I was I was head of sales for um, just to help uh, really head of sales in all but name. Uh, I was I was still sort of studying full time. Um, yeah. I have a bad habit of, of having little startups uh, left and right, even <laughs> when I'm when I'm in uni. Um, uh, but you know, you can always make it it's work. Kind of like a side hustle, right? You're you're always doing like a side. Yeah, hustle, yeah, right? yeah. I always have kind of some side hustles going on. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I one of uh, one of my friends sort of uh, had this idea for uh, uh, this uh, retail tech startup in our fourth year, um, and I ended up doing wow. that uh, with him for for about twelve, thirteen months. Um, you know, it didn't work out in the end, but it was it was a journey for sure. I mean, I was actually doing that ops internship at the same time as we were launching the website. So I'd, I would uh, literally wake up at like seven in the morning, get to my my internship, work until like five, six o'clock, come back home, do another like five hours on the startup, uh, five, six hours, and then wow. sleep at like midnight and, and, and just like another day, another day, another day, right? My whole summer was just 
a grind that summer. <laughs> yeah. um, so if we pause yeah. there, if we pause there for, I really, really want to pick apart this bit. So yeah, sure. If I get it right, you you're kind of you're being an intern. You're working this one job where it's about operations and you help trying to streamline processes because you're an intern. You're learning. Yeah. You got this boss that may go off for a couple of days or weeks, whatever. He would give you like a task list to do. You'd smash through all of this, but then do other things on top of that to help them out, improve their stuff. And they were like, yeah, cool. But then in parallel, you're also finishing that job and then going to work with a friend who's at uni to kind of build up this startup and doing a couple of hours to launch a website on that. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I mean, when you say it like Dude. that, it just sounds a little mad. But uh, <laughs> the, 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 with the ops thing, the reason was I was my main sort of task was to build a dashboard of all the service contracts, right? But while I was doing that, obviously, I would go through all the details of the contracts. So I started noticing little things like the fact that we're sending too many spare parts to one location, right? And then we are losing like mm. 17% on it or something like that. So I'd keep sort of bringing those things up to him and creating sort of spreadsheets and stuff to explain them. And he'd be like, man, I'm... You're doing this bad dashboard, but you keep looking at the money. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, but the money, you know what I mean? We're losing some money here. We need to renegotiate yeah. this contract. And uh, and he'd be like, okay, great. Yeah, let's do that. Um, go to legal, sort it out. Yeah. So that's that's yeah, that was uh it was a lot. It was a lot that summer, to be fair. <laughs> uh can I imagine? Well, yeah. well, if anything, like well done and hats off. I think that's quite an entrepreneurial spirit. And mm. something that really can transfer into startups when, you know, you go to join tech companies, et cetera, because this is what they're trying to figure out. They may have a process which works fine today, but if an individual can do that process and then kind of see if there's any bottlenecks and then bring that to the attention to improve things, you can be a 100% star asset to that company. Sure. And I think a really good piece here, advice that I give to SDRs when I used to be a manager, like an SDR manager, I'd said, like, come to me with problems, but also come to me with solutions as well. And they used to say, well, what do you mean? I said, well, if you're stuck with a prospect on an email, I'd ask, how would you do it? Like, how would you overcome that? Yeah. Or if you have an objection on the phone, kind of like, okay, what was the objection? Why do you think that person felt that way? And give me three examples of how we could turn this around. So for any listeners out there, if you've got an SDR manager or, you know, perhaps you're going through problems, I always say, try to think of three solutions or just ask yourself the question three times mm. of how can I do this? How can I do this? What can I do to improve? So I really love to hear that from you that, you know, you came to him with solutions as well of how to improve it. Yeah. <laughs> so you're doing the intern thing. You're also like helping out your friend. Like you said, it wasn't successful, but it was something, a, a lesson learned. Yeah. Kind of sure. what happened after, after this period is like, what did you then go into next? Yeah, sure. So, um, so that this this period sort of finished off, um, and then I uh, so that that's when I sort of joined Mintico. Um, I joined as uh, an intern in my final year. Um, it was sort of part of my my degree course that I had to do an internship. So so yeah, so I, I joined Mintico. Um, actually, uh, Will, who you mentioned at the start, was my uh, um, you know head of sales and and mentor at the time. Um, he was at SaaS Leads doing his thing. Um, and you know, uh, uh, he's, he's a, a crazy sales trainer, right? Um, <laughs> emphasis on the crazy, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, crazy good, um, uh, crazy good for sure. Um, so I, I got to get a really great running start in sales, which, you know, I'm, I'm super thankful for because basically when I came on board, uh, you know, I kind of knew some of the basics, et cetera, but I, I, 
anything to do with sort of sales engagement software, uh, you know, cadences, etc. Like I, I was completely out of my depth, right? Um, <laughs> And, um, and when you when you when you say out of your depth, what do you mean? Was this completely brand new to you, or kind of what do you mean by out? Of yeah, your depth? I mean, I'd never I never sort of used any of those sales engagement softwares before, right? It wasn't any of the startups that I would worked for before were were really like you know kind of like the the typical sort of garage startup. You know, we used you know uh, uh, Wix to create our website for the first kind of MVP. Mm. You know, it would be it would be a lot of like on the ground pro- marketing and promoting and stuff like that, and um, you know, for that retail tech startup, our soft launch was meant to be in Edinburgh, right? So we're we're just getting a bunch of people on our Instagram and and, and stuff, trying to build up that that um, that audience within within the city, so that when we did our soft launch, we could test that out properly, right? Um, yeah. So it was it was a completely new experience to come into uh, a startup of a completely different caliber, right? Because it's it's VC backed, it's kind of you know, it's 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 got a, a leadership team that's that's super successful and has created previous successful startups, right? So it's mm. it, this is sort of like the big leagues, right? And um, um, and Will is also just a crazy sales trainer, right? So he's he yeah. expects sort of the best from from you at all times uh, and quite high expectations um, in terms of delivery and output and and making sure that we're closing those deals and 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 you know or or, or booking those those uh, demos. So yeah. I come in and it's a whirlwind, right? It's a complete whirlwind. Um, he's got all this training material and this whole program that he is testing out, right? Um, mm. Before his whole academy thing. So he's he's got this whole thing and he's like, I'm going to test it on you, <laughs> mm. right? So, so you're the guinea pig. I'm you're the, the guinea pig. Like the I was, yeah, yeah, I was, I was, okay. you know, I was patient zero. So, um, yeah. so yeah, so it's every, I was, so it, it was basically at the start of quarantine. I was right. basically at the start of quarantine. So I'm back home, back in Dubai. I'm with my family. You know, my mom kind of called me and she's like, you know, you got to leave London. <laughs> you got you to come yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. I was like, all right, cool. I go back. So now I'm on a slightly different time schedule, right? So it's 12 o'clock, um, you know, sort of what time? Uh, 12 o'clock is 9 a.m. here, three hours ahead yeah. at the time. Okay. So... Um, so I'd be, you know, kind of waltzing into these morning meetings at 12 o'clock, um, my time, 9 a.m. UK. And then I would work until 8 p.m. Uh, in Dubai, right? Uh, but the but what would actually happen is because Will would give me so much work <laughs> and so many sort of tasks <laughs> and like things to digest and, and videos and, and LinkedIn, et cetera, um, I ended up just having a lot of training in the mornings. So I'd wake up at like, seven in the morning, you know, like go for a run, have some breakfast. And then I would sit down and basically just go through a bunch of the training for like three, mm. four hours. So I'd have really long days, right? Because for, for basically like two, two and a half months, uh, all I did was was train, work, train, work, train, work, train, work. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and I had so much market. I mean, I have a sales playbook. That's like 130 pages long, right? <laughs> Just from all the little bits of like, you know, prospecting videos, any any sort of like uh, um, uh, LinkedIn stuff. Josh Braun is a great sales trainer that we, that we use as well. Um, and just really just getting me integrated in that network, you know, understanding mm-hmm. like who the salespeople are, kind of who, um, you know, where, um, 
you know, where the resources are in terms of like videos on, on prospecting or new techniques or new best practices, you know, who the sort of personalities are to kind of follow, right? Um, and I would, in the early days, I'd just kind of go on LinkedIn and just shoot people requests, right? Like I'd watch a podcast and and I'd, I'd send in a request over saying, hey, I, I saw you were on, you know, uh, so-and-so's podcast, could, you know, I'd, I'd really love to connect and maybe you know, share some tips at some times, et cetera. And the thing is, and this is, this is coming back to, you know, how do you speak to people in a group or how do you connect with people randomly, right? Because you'd think that these people would not listen to me or, or accept me at all, right? Like, who am I? I'm like, mm. some, you know, start an SDR, you know, in London, and th- this is some VP of sales of like, you know, whatever yeah. in the US, right? You'd think that the guy's not even going to look twice, but I've got so many connection requests and, and like acceptances from all these like great sales trainers, great sales personalities and, and VPs of sales across the US uh, and the UK, right? And it's it's great because now I've got this network that I can sort of ask questions to every now and then, uh, have a chat with, and, and they're, they're all so nice and so courteous um, and will always sort of be happy to help out. And that's, you know, so I'd, I'd recommend for anyone to just sort of, you know, make sure that they're always kind of growing that and and learning, you know, because you've got to keep learning with sales. You just got to keep learning. Every day there's something new that you can try, you know? Yeah, totally agree. Like, um, I think the original hashtag that everybody says from like the boiler room days, et cetera, is like always be closing. But mine is just hashtag always be learning Mm. because you want to be learning from your network. And I think that's the beauty of LinkedIn because it's kind of like the YouTube was for video. So we can watch YouTube for hours. There's so many tutorials, there's so many videos and stuff to help with your learning. And I think with LinkedIn, it is like the biggest sales playbook available online for free where you can consume all of this content. But I really love that journey as well. So if I get it right, um, like Will takes you on as this guinea pig. Mm. Um, He goes through like his like, you know, uh, exciting sales training with you where you're Waking up in the morning, you're going for your jog, have some breakfast, consuming hours, if not, uh, of content. Mm. And then by your lunchtime, Will's kind of waking up to begin his day. And then there's like a shed load of tasks to complete. And this is continuously going on. And this is part of your, like I would say, if correct me if I'm wrong, like your internship. This was your internship with Will, right? Yeah, is that, is yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, this is part of my internship. Um I mean, first of all, Will is always up like super early in the morning. So even though, even though I'd be up at you know whatever is my time, right, like uh, ten o'clock, so seven o'clock for him, he'd probably be up saying like, "Hey, are you up? <laughs> are you are you awake? Like, I'm, I need to send you some some stuff, or have you done this? Or like, uh, here's a new strategy that I just thought of. We should try this. Yeah. You know, and, like we're yeah. changing everything. There was one day it was me and our AE Ollie." Um, and we'd been trying a certain uh, tactic. We'd been using sort of the 1080-10 rule for a little bit. And then um, we got on Flip the Script by Beck Holland, right? And mm. and Will was like, change everything. Everything on our, on, on, uh, um, everything, all our emails, like all our outreach. It was like a day and it was like a reset day. Like he was like, all right, we're changing everything. This is the new thing. And then we yeah. did, and our engagement soared, right? Like we were doing a lot better. We went from we went to open rates that shot through the roof, reply rates shot through the roof. I had 130 um, replies of cold emails in July. Wow! Right? 
which was just like that's nice mad yeah 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 so it was um yeah it was pretty good and i think that's that's the kind of like dynamic change that now i'm used to so that i'm constantly sort of checking if what i'm doing is working and yeah. and cutting it re kind of building cutting it rebuilding cutting it rebuilding uh repositioning and i guess that's that's also one of the benefits of working with a young startup right because you're you're constantly oh, yeah. sort of like deciding where you fit sort of in the in, in the whole market um yeah yeah i agree i agree because it kind of um i love that so you have uh the ability to adapt and change given the current circumstances and i know during like the lockdown period so many people are constantly having to adapt and that's kind of like what will was saying like in our show uh, a few weeks back where he's saying like there are sales books out there which can kind of give you plays that maybe worked 10 years ago but it's what we both love is SDRs such as yourself you're in the trenches you have to constantly adapt and change um to see what's working now so for instance he was talking about Aaron Baker from Clean like the guy booked a, a whole ton of meetings and he just wanted to get him on board to kind of understand like what are you doing and that's kind of like why I want to do this podcast as well, because I want to hear what our SDRs doing, what are they facing, so that they can share this insight with other SDRs to learn. Mm. Um, but I think it does take a, a certain amount of mental capacity to deal with that, because you, your story, as you're saying, they just kind of reminded me when I was an SDR working for a tech startup, Zora. And I remember in the period of two years, I had eight different SDR managers mm. because um, the original one left and then we had somebody else to kind of gap, fill the gap. And we went through eight different people where the comp plan changed, the the messaging changed, yeah. uh, the way that we, the personas that we were going after, the target accounts, account executives were constantly either coming through the door and out the door because as a startup, it is quite volatile in the early days when you're doing it. I remember I just used to sit there with my team when I was the SDR manager as well and just having to like kind of repeat back kind of, okay, team, here's a new strategy. This is what we're going for. And I used to see a lot of people get disheartened because they were trying something they felt they were going to be successful in that new approach. And then all of a sudden, hey, ship is changing direction. We need to kind of like hustle and move along with that. So my ask of you is somebody that's gone through a lot of change and having to adapt. What tips would you give out to SDRs that may be facing the same thing as Anna? Um, yeah, that's a really good point, actually. Um, I would say that one of the things, uh, and definitely a mistake that I made, was that you want to make sure that you keep backing your winners even while you change them, right? And I, I think, um, for example, if, you're, if you've got a cadence or a type of messaging that's working, even if it's not working as well as you'd like it to work, um, then when you're making changes, um, don't just completely leave it out, right? You want to do at least the, the basics sort of with that, with what's already working while you're working on the new things, while you're sort of split mm-hmm. testing or et cetera, uh, or even creating completely new cadences and new sort of approaches. You kind of want to keep backing your winners as well because the worst case scenario um, could be that you now stop using the one that's uh, you know semi-effective or, or kind of effective um, and then you start using a completely new one that you think is going to be more effective, but it actually turns out to be less effective or not effective at all, right? And now you've gotten yourself in a, in a position where uh, everything that you're doing is not working and the stuff that was working, you haven't been using. And so you haven't added any new leads. So there's no sort of like backlog, that pipeline is dry. You know what I mean? Mm. So I would say 
always, when you're split testing, when you're kind of bringing out new approaches, don't stop doing the old thing, even if you're doing it in a reduced sort of capacity. Um, you want to have that kind of safety net, right? So that, that'll, that'll act as your safety net to experiment and ensure that you're still sort of meeting your targets. Um, and then you can, you can filter out the other stuff. You can test it uh, and fail fast, honestly, is another thing I'd say. Fail fast, you know, instead of testing something for a super long time, um, test it um, for a shorter time, but with a lot of variation. You know, maybe you want to test out like an email and see how good it is. Instead of sending like, you know, 20 a day for, for two weeks, maybe just send, you know, 60 a day uh, at mm. different times for like, you know, four days, right? So send some at 20 schedule for the morning, for the afternoon, for the lunch, like lunchtime, et cetera, mix it around. And then you've mm. got a pretty good, you know, a pretty good understanding of how well that email is going to do as a first touch, at least. I think that's some solid advice, dude, because like... um. I've worked with teams or with SDRs when they're using things like SalesLoft or Outreach or Mixmac, like sales engagement tools, uh, and they build out a cadence. So for anybody that's not familiar with uh, what a cadence is or a sequence, it's a series of steps of emails, calls, or perhaps social touches. Um, and they initially may, <laughs> I've seen a lot, the first uh, emails is always requesting that meeting. And I always advise, don't try to use an email to just book a meeting. Use it to open up a dialogue, start a conversation with somebody, see if there's an interest, you know. Um, but they build out this cadence, which may have, I don't know, nine steps over 11 days, etc. And because that first email that touch isn't working or hasn't worked the way they'd wanted it to, they want to kind of change it, edit it straight away. But I always try to give the advice of, give it a little bit of a run rate, give it a couple of weeks, send out X amount of emails to kind of get a good data point and then measure kind of what's working and to your point, split test. But what I really love that you said, Azana, is that you can also do other things in parallel to kind of really get a good mixture and insights to what is working by trying different times of the day, increasing the amount of leads that you put into that sequence or, you know, cadence. And it is, it's testing as SDRs where in essence, we're kind of like marketeers we're trying to figure out is the message resonating with the people that we're trying to reach out with. And the only way you're going to find that out is experimenting. Sure. But if you just put it out thinking, yes, this is the solid cadence that's going to win everything and get me all those meetings and leads, you got to try different approaches. And maybe like with me, when I'm running out of cadence, I may have three versions of that mm. cadence that I may try with an industry, then try with a persona. Um, so yeah, it's, it's always good. And like, how do you like like you said, you you watch and read a lot of things on LinkedIn. How do you get inspiration for your cadences? Because that's the one thing I'd love to know, where you're getting all these reply rates. Where do you get your inspiration from? For sure. Um, honestly, I um, I like to kind of take shots in the dark sometimes as well, you know. Um, I will, um, I will, I, I won't be a little bit like too shy about testing out new things that, that seem really interesting. Um, especially when, when I found them out through sort of one of these podcasts or something like Will Barron always has some really great guests on and they always kind of like bring up these new and, and unique and kind of maybe a little bit, uh, you know, um, uh, not, not sort of, um, um, the regular stuff that you'd, you'd expect, right. In terms of how you do your outreach, how you do your cold calls, et cetera. And so I like testing them out. And, and the thing is, um, like I said, having that safety net. And then ensuring that you can try a bit things that are a little bit more rogue, right? Uh, things that are a little bit more out of, you know, uh, 
maybe out of kind of sales best practice, maybe sending gifts or or something like that, right? Like people don't really do that, but it, it mm. could work, right? So sending gifts and emails, um, uh, that that's something that's actually worked kind of well for me. Um, uh, it's it's kind of, it, it's, it's um, uh, sending photos. Um, one that I got, an idea that I got from uh, someone else actually uh, was to send sort of like a photo as um, as a of, of, a, of a dog barking up a tree, saying like, "Oh, uh, am I barking up the wrong tree?" <laughs> barking up the wrong tree, yeah, <laughs> right. Um, and it's it's little things like that that um, that I quite like and enjoy uh, testing out and putting into my cadences. I'll never kind of only solely rely on these new sort of techniques, but I think that like you know, I read a statistic that SDRing is six times harder than it was pre-COVID. Right. And that's, oh, wow. and yeah, for me, I mean, learning how to be an SDR in that atmosphere in the first place means that I know I have to get creative. Right. I don't, I already don't have the same amount of experience, I'd say, as maybe someone that's been there for a year, et cetera. So I need to, you know, bring something else up um, to, to try and combat that. Right. And um, for me, th- these unconventional methods work very well. For LinkedIn voice notes, I think those are great. I think those are underused mm-hmm. as well. Um, you know, you, you send someone, like pop one over to someone, they're probably going to uh, listen to it. And uh, I think it's a great way to, to sort of like break the ice. Um, social selling, um, jokes. I think people are very, very uncomfortable with sometimes using humor because they think it's meant to be professional or whatever. But I've actually found that, you know, adding a little sprinkling of humor into my LinkedIn connection uh, actually mm-hmm. works wonders. And um, I've had people, you know, connect with me and say, "Haha, that made me laugh," which is why I I accepted your connection. I'm like, "Well done for making me laugh." Or that brightened up my day a little bit. And I'm like, "Yeah, that's you know, that's the kind yeah. of impression I want to make as a salesperson as well. I want to, you know, make people uh, a little bit happy that they're opening my emails and even enjoy. I I have some of the most hilarious email conversations with prospects, right? Um, some mm. of those hilarious ones. And, and it's great because it builds that rapport, it builds that relationship. And at the same time, you know, you get down to business as well. Um, and yeah. So. I love it. I love it. I love the creativity. And I, I was actually sitting there, there was a question that I want to kind of ask because like, at the beginning of like your journey and career as a brand ambassador, you're like, you're working with Tinder, which is kind of like a networking platform in itself to like yeah. open that message for people to respond back. And I was thinking, does my manazana have any like Tinder tactics that he's using in his prospecting? <laughs> but you're right, it's kind of like the gifts, the jokes, et cetera. And that's a creativity, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, um, I'm not going to like say on this show, like, do I use those sort of apps and stuff? But I can kind of understand. I was just wondering, you know, does this guy use that? So I agree with you, dude. Like yeah. adding a bit of humor, adding a human element to your connections is kind of what makes you stand out because people like me, people like you, we and prospects and everybody out there get inundated with these messages. So I think just trying to add a bit of sunshine to somebody's day can really make a difference. And what's the worst that can happen? They can just say, not interested. And you know what? It did make me laugh. And yeah, with me, I use GIFs in uh, my cadences as well. Um, I think my breakup email is the subject is, should I call the emergency services? And I say, okay, Zana, you haven't got back to me. Um, could you just pick A, B or C? And A is just like, Neil, you're a tenacious guy, but you know what? We're, we're kind of cool with what we've got. Second one is, uh, Neil, like, give me a call. I just forgot to get back to you. And then three, it's a GIF of a guy uh, shoveling snow. 
in, in the Alps. And he said, it says three years, I've been snowed under with so much work. Uh, please send coffee and yes, send the emergency services. Sorry, I haven't got back to you. I'll get back to you later, later today. <laughs> and that had the highest engagement out of all the cadences that I've built with teams. And that what I've always found is that they've taken that template and they've moved it up. Yeah. <laughs> reactions and uh, replies. And I'm like, dude, it's the breakup fever. Yeah, man. Like, yeah, yeah. you got to leave like, it where it is. Yeah. Yeah, you got to do it. But um, do you know what? It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. I've had a lot of fun um, and I can definitely feel that you've got big things going on. And I see recently that you've gone full time at Mintago with yeah. your SDR role. So congratulations on that. Thank you very much. Um, and if you're welcome, dude. And for the listeners out there, if you were to give three bits of advice that you'd give to a younger version of yourself or somebody even thinking of taking the internship like decision to go go into SEO, what three bits of advice would you give them, Asana? Firstly, I would say um, that safety net, right? Always make sure that you have that safety net when you're prospecting, when you're trying out new things and split testing. Make sure that you're still backing your winners so that you're not kind of like, um, you know, so you're never left in a, in a bad place to meet your quotas. Second, I would say probably you want to keep learning always. And I think at times it can feel like taking time off to, to learn or, or do, you know, watch sort of like a one hour podcast or whatever can seem like time taken away from sales, uh, especially if you're on a 12 hour learning grind. Always say, you know, try and at least get an hour in every day, even you know after your work day, just like an hour to really get in some new tips, some new things that you can integrate and, and share with your team as well. And third, you know, be unconventional, you know, be creative and definitely try out different forms of messaging don't stick to the same sort of generic emails try the gifs try the videos try the linkedin voice notes you know what i mean you know try sending letters <laughs> i mean you know what i mean like any yeah, request yeah. they're doing that whole thing now just be as creative as possible with your outbounding because at the end of the day you know you, you can have fun with it and and really bring your own personality and color to the role perfect thank you so much though that's some solid advice my man and um, for the listeners out there, if they wanted to get in touch with you, because like you said, you're a person that likes to network. Sure. Hopefully, and apart, apart from the platforms such as Tinder, et cetera, what's the <laughs> best channel to get in touch with you? Uh, as well? uh, definitely on LinkedIn. Uh, just, you know, uh, you guys can hit me up, send me a connection. Uh, I'll definitely accept because I'm all about the people. So, yeah. Love it. So I'll definitely put your details in the show notes for the podcast. So guys, if you yeah. want to get in touch with Azana, Definitely feel there's a lot of things that you can learn from a social selling point of view. This guy is highly active on LinkedIn. I'm always seeing him pop up on my feed and I love it. And uh, Azana, like, are there any shout outs that you'd like to give before kind of, we come to the end of the session today? Um, yeah, I'll give a shout out to Will uh, Coning at SAS Leads. Um, my guy, Will. Um, so glad to see everything that you're doing with the Academy and all the great SDRs you're going to be, uh, you know, kind of creating and, and sending out to the world. So uh, big shout out to you, my guy. Thank you. So guys, uh, Azana Hadis, I really want to uh, thank you for joining the show and imparting your knowledge. I can definitely see you coming back into the show in the future and I'm really going to be watching you in the coming months to kind of see you grow in this SDR position. But again, thank you so much, Azana. I wish you all the best success and uh, happy selling, my man. Happy selling, dude. Thank you. Great to be here. All right.